Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the pet food space, especially dog food. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, my new good friend, Colin Buckley, is on today. We're talking about the Happy Hal Company. Um, Colin, it's so great having you on the podcast. Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. We're really excited to uh, you know talk about the company and some of the exciting things we're doing. So thanks I, for having me, dude. I'm so excited. Colin's the founder of Happy Hal, which is an awesome name. I can't wait to hear how you came up with that. Um, <laughs> and like I've mentioned before, we hit record. I've got three dogs, uh, all different sizes and ages, and um, so I'm very excited to hear um, your take on the dog food space and this category and whatnot. But before we even jump there. Share with us some of your background and how did you even get into this whole idea of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so um, I went to uh, Temple University in Philadelphia, still um, in the Philly area. And um, I've been a financial advisor since since college, was working full time in school. Um, so kind of just really developed that, that work ethic and, um, you know, going through that process. But it was really... Um, you know, my co-founder, the real, the real founder of Happy How, which is my uh, my Siberian Husky Rocky. <laughs> oh, nice, I love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, um, I, I got him. He was, I want to say maybe twenty weeks old. Um, just had horrendous issues. The, you know, really the day I brought him home and it wasn't ever the thing of like, oh, like you know, d- like can we, can we give the dog back? What's going on with him? It was really like, right. how can, like, you know, he was the cutest little dog, um, perfect blue eyes. He adorable. He loved everyone always excited, but it was just, you know, and, and I kid you not f- five times a week throwing up every oh, time he no. went to the bathroom, it was, you know, it was a, a problem. Stool. Oh, it was, you know, sometimes twice a day throwing up and it was just, um, it, it was heartbreaking really because he he's one of those dogs that has his personality written on his face right <laughs> sure so so <laughs> you know that, when he's going <laughs> yeah it's amazing so you know like when when he's happy you know when something's wrong and like uh, basically he would um you know throw up and look at you and kind of like in the process of throwing up or, you know, directly after and being like scared and, and just right. kind of like, what's, what's going on. And, wow. um, you know, I, I took him to so many vets. I took him, um, you know, talked to pet nutritionists and it was just really what, what I was learning was, um, it was, it was really just trying to medicate over the issue. We, ne- we actually still never figured out exactly what it was. It could have been a number of things. It was never diagnosed, uh, at least diagnosed correctly, should I say. But, sure. um, you know, it was really just trying every different kind of medicine. I, I you know, the, the, the amount of uh, peanut butter alone that I had to put on <laughs> pills to get him to take was, yeah, it mind blowing. So, oh my God. Um, tried Sad. every one of the the diets out there the the all natural diets the hills id the pres, you know the prescription type diets sure. spent thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of like you know 3 or 4 years trying to figure this out and and couldn't figure it out wow. um 
And it was just one of those things. So it kind of came to a head. I was actually, we run together every single day still. Um, he's, he loves it more than anything. I mean, like he, we have a very, um, a methodical routine in the morning and he knows when it's time to go for a run. <laughs> I'm and, sure. you know, I could be upstairs and you he's start downstairs. getting the shoes and he knows it's time. Oh, it's right. immediately, yeah, immediately. Sure. But, um, we were running and, um, you know, pretty much we're side by side. And then I noticed he was like kind of falling behind and I, and we stopped and he was sitting down and trying to throw up. And, um, you know, I guess he was like lack of oxygen or not able to get up the food. And he, he just collapsed and he had a seizure right there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like I picked him up and just started like running. And luckily I realized that I had my, my Apple watch on. So I called actually my dad who then came and picked us up because we were probably mile and a half away from the house. Right. So he came in and picked, picked us up and we went immediately to the vet. And, you know, from that moment on, I realized that, um, it, it, I, it was going to be me to figure this out or we were never going to figure it out, you right. know? And it, it, it's kind of one of those things where, you start to read about it and research and, you know, make some phone calls. And, you know, the, the more I read and learned, the more questions I had. So it, it kind of just came to this, this idea of, you know, can we, can we figure out a formula that makes more sense? You know, sure. everything that we were seeing, it was just like the labels, you know, you look at some of these dog food labels and you're just like, what is this stuff? Right. Like, like, right. you know, why, why is, you know, corn the first thing on the label? Why is there like, you know, um, water, the first thing on the label? Why isn't, and then you look at like really high quality human foods and, you know, you, it's a, just a different type of, of label. So sure. Absolutely. you, that that really kind of just spawned the the creative mind in myself and realizing that you know this was an opportunity for me to to help the the thing that I love you know an incredible amount in my life and he depends on me for you know for everything so you know just fell down the rabbit hole of of um, you know working through different recipe iterations and doing a ton of research and talking to as many you know people as I could regardless of what. Um, you know, if I thought that they maybe, you know, were a little incorrect in, in, right. in what their analysis was, but it sure. was kind of good to see both sides of it and, and just ask the questions of why, you know, why do some people think this and why do some people think this Right. and, tr and, and trying things. We had nothing to lose. He right. was always getting sick. We had nothing to lose to really go down the rabbit hole and figure out if there was a better way. So you started by just creating your own formulations of dog food basically is that how this all got started for you before it became somewhat of a business yeah exactly we um i was i was doing it in my apartment kitchen i was doing it in crock on the crock pot and in the stovetop so i had both going at the same time we were playing uh, playing around with a lot of different recipe formulations having a lot of fun doing it rocky started um eating, you know, the, the problem was too, was that I think he was associating eating with throwing up. So oh, he, gosh. So he didn't became, want to eat anymore. Got it. He didn't want to eat, you know, it got to the point where I was like, you know, force feeding him like this sludge prescription Ugh. dog food Ugh. that, Gross. you know, we, we became so immune to it that, um, we had some people over one night and I went to go feed Rocky and I opened the can 
And everyone in the apartment was like, oh, my God, what is that smell? I was like, what "What happened? And I'm holding this bowl of like, you know, just brown sludge. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, this is my dog's food. Right. It's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I was food prepping for myself and I was looking at my food and feeding Rocky. And I'm like, wait, shouldn't you know, why isn't he eating? Right. Of course. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, like I kind of really just went the route of speeding, uh, speaking with vets and pet nutritionists that kind of like had um, like a more holistic approach where it was more of trying to figure out what the underlying issue was rather than medicate over it. Got it. And that's where, you know, the the first couple of recipes were born and, you know, where they are now is, is nowhere near where they started just because of the, the evolution of, of knowledge and, you know, bringing on really smart people and talking to other smart people. Because, um, uh, you know, the, the number one thing that I can... Um, that that I could admit is that, you know, I, I'm, I don't have a veterinary background. I'm not a right. nutritionist. I probably have right. Yeah. So I could probably run through some of those courses pretty quickly at this point. But um, it, for me, it was always trying to talk to people that have been doing this for a really long time that know those finer details so that I could ask them questions. And, you know, even if they didn't know on the spot that they would go and do the research and get back to me with really, you know, really um, just strong answers that we could kind of pivot with, with what our current recipe formulations were. So that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I had, I had no intention of, of creating a dog food company <laughs> right, at the time. So it was funny. just, it, we, we went through this process for three months and Rocky started eating the food and, um, you know, putting on healthy weight. He was definitely underweight at the time. And he, he started acting like a puppy again. You oh, know, that's the interesting. Ener- it. it was just so, um, it, it was so amazing to see how his reaction was after like 10 to 12 weeks of, of eating this food. And then it became the point where, you know, if it was seven 30 in the morning, that's breakfast time. He's ready for it. Right. Four 30 in the afternoon, <laughs> right. you know, he's coming, he's coming up to me and going, you know, Hey, it's, it's four 31. Where's my, where's right. my dinner. Right. Somehow so I know it's crazy. All, all those amazing things that, you know, tell you that you're, you're on the right track. And then basically he stopped throwing up and he stopped having, you know, the loose stool. So wow. it was all of these just, you know, strong indicators that we were on the right path. That's pretty cool. So when did it go from that, you know, great for my dog to, okay, maybe there's a business here. So I had, I basically had a Instagram that I was just like posting pictures of Rocky. Like that, that was, that was what I was doing for the the longest time, just because, you know, such a handsome guy, people, you know, people, people love him. I, I take him out for a walk and, you know, people are always like, he's such a, he's such a beautiful dog. And, you know, he kind of like struts his stuff and he's like, yeah, I know I'm beautiful. Like he's got that, that type of confidence. But, um, I started posting the, the food on the, on the Instagram and I was getting, you know, random messages from people that I didn't even know. Um, I was talking about kind of just the the issues that Rocky had run into and, you know, that we've we found um, something that had worked and people, you know, in my apartment complex were asking me about it, you know, uh, friends of family were asking me about it. And it got to the point where I was like, hey, let me just um, make a bunch of this food on the weekends and I can, you know, deliver it to people because it was wow. a frozen food to start. So I uh, 
I, it, it, now it's a joke kind of like internally for our team, but I had 17 crock pots in my Amazon car. Oh my gosh. And, and I was like, all right, I'm going to trade in my Honda Accord for a, you know, a, basically like an SUV so I can go out on Sundays and deliver this to people that, that want it. And at the time it was actually perfect timing. I, um, I met a guy named Chris Joyce, who is, you know, the definition of, I guess, a serial entrepreneur. He started a ton of companies and, and in the food space as well. And I got talking to him and he was, you know, filling me in on some of the things that I necessarily wasn't considering, like, um, you know, having labels on my food, having insurance, right. following regulations, all, the, all those important getting, things, <laughs> <laughs> getting business licenses, you know, right. what, ha- you know, like, and making sure like all of our, um, our methods are, you know, clear and safe. So we're handling food the correct way and oh all of these gosh. things. And I was yeah, like, wow, those maybe. are important, right? I mean, yeah, things you don't think like, about. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I kind of just opened my eyes to, to seeing that, you know, we could, we could figure it out the way that we were doing it. But if we really wanted to create something, it was probably smarter to go at the route of how can we make a, a scalable business model? Got and it. that's where that's the you know immediate path that we started to take. And that's where things really started to just get fun. That's interesting. Now, what's what's different about your food versus others? That, that's a fantastic question. And I think um, it, it's one of those things where I would encourage people um, you know, if you, if you <laughs> go learn if, what's in your dog food, uh, the, <laughs> you can already exactly, see this coming. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. You know, for all of the people that are listening to this, that have, have a dog, I would go in, go into your pantry, go into your fridge, wherever your food is, take out the dog food, look at the label yep. and then go to our website, the happy go mm-hmm. to our recipe page and look at our labels. And what you will find is you will start questioning everything you thought you knew. <laughs> really, it's it's one of those things where you will see things. You know, a lot of people don't even look at the uh, at the food label. They're right. sold strictly off the marketing on, the brand. on the front of the That's package. Right. The brand, yeah. Exactly. So so you know, it, one of some of the things that I learned that um, are kind of just like ridiculous, but uh, like funny at the same time is yeah. that. Basically, so the label, I'm sure you're familiar with this, Absolutely. where the, the, the label, the the order of the ingredients goes by the um, the top percentage that is in the formula to the least percentage that is in the formula, right? right. So, so if the first thing the is first, corn, there's a lot of corn in it. Exactly. Yeah. And what, you know, brands, you know, brands get very creative and <laughs> there's, there's not that much um, very... A uh, high level of regulation within the within the pet space. So you'll see things like, um, you know, the first ingredient might be a meat, typically a, a meal, um, a a feed grade meat. So we'll say like you know chicken meal or chicken byproduct or something like that. Sure. Then the next the next two or three ingredients might be. Um, you know, three variations of corn or three variations of peas or something like that. And what they're doing is they're breaking apart. So if, if, if there's three variations of corn in order, they're really taking whatever, whatever corn, um, product that they're putting into it 
and breaking it apart into three separate ingredients so that they can put the chicken as the first. Because realistically, if you add those three, you know, corns together, then the percentage of the formula is going to be way higher than any of the of the chicken that they put on that label. So it's it's just stuff like that that you find. And um, it, it. it, so real, realistically, the, the quality of our product, the transparency and everything that we're communicating to the customer, the convenience of how we're delivering it and ensuring that all every single dog, regardless of where they fall on the spectrum of um, weight and activity level, are getting the correct amount of calories they need in a given day. Uh, the quality of the ingredients that are going into our product, where they're being sourced from, and our impact and what really our mission is as a company and and what our grand vision is of where we want to take this thing. That's pretty cool. So, um, and yeah, I love the uh, recipes here. Um, we've got the, I mean, this sounds like something I would eat, tur- tasty turkey feast. I mean, yum. And then grandma's beef stew. I mean, geez, this is, looks amazing. I mean, anyway. yeah, it's funny. And it's lamb funny delight. <laughs> yep, yep. It's it's funny you say that. So I have a uh, uh, a buddy that I uh, met over the years, and he used to be a, a professional hockey player. And he was t- I I showed him the the recipes uh, pretty early on in our development stages. And he used to live with a bunch of guys when he was playing in uh, I think he was playing in Scotland at the time, and. Um, he, he was saying that they basically would take all these, you know, they would go to like a whole foods equivalent over there and get a bunch of like really good food and throw it in a crock pot. <laughs> oh and he God. said like, that's what they would eat all week. And his girlfriend at the time would call them dog bowls. Dog bowls. Like, it's a, nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kind so of, like, that is kind of sounds like that, you know, if you think yeah, about it, that, what it looks like together, you know, exactly, exactly. And we, um, you know, I have a, um, a food scientist on our team, Ben, and when we're going through the process of, um, like our research and development, the first thing we would do is we would take a couple bites of the food. So oh, we would, funny. we would test the food out this. ourselves before we get, before we gave it to the dog. Oh so God. that was always the thing. And, um, I even had like a little series on Instagram where I was each, each time we got a new, um, 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 package of, of our samples that right. we, I would go in and I would review the food and give it a, uh, um, uh, you know, a one to five rating. And then I would give it to Rocky and based on <laughs> how Rocky it. reacted to certain things, we, we gave him a, a one to five rating oh too. My God, so. That's hilarious. Okay. So yeah. how did you figure out packaging? You know, it sounds like you had someone helping you with labels and all that, but how did you figure out packaging, how to go from like making it in the kitchen at home to more mass produ- production, et cetera? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal question and it's just one of those things where you got to kind of just go down the path and not everything always works out, but you learn, you learn from each, you know, phone call, each facility visit, each, you know, um, um, paper really that you read about a specific processing method and, and all of these things to understand, you know, maybe not, not where that you're at the place that you want to be, but where you don't want to go. So we would uncover things about, you know, certain um, avenues that we were going down. And then we would realize like, Oh, you know, that's not really the, the core ethos that, that we want to build as a company. So we actually started as a, our food was frozen okay. and that's what we thought the the customer wanted was a frozen food shipped to them because we're, we're straight, uh, direct to consumer. Right. Yep. And we did a feedback form with, uh, with really, uh, I think it was like 150 people that we gave some of the food to. And one of the last questions on the feedback form that we kind of overlooked when we put it on there, but we said, 
Would you rather have a frozen food that is shipped to you, you know, basically on dry ice that you store in your freezer, or would you rather have the equivalent looking product with the same level of nutrition where you store it in your pantry and you refrigerate it after it's opened? And it was like an overwhelming (laughs) amount. I think like 88 or 90% said they wanted the the food to be, you know, basically stored in the pantry rather than the freezer. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So we, we pivoted dramatically at that point, we realized, you know, we, we needed to figure out a way to create a shelf stable product, but we wanted to create a shelf stable product without adding any preservatives to it. Sure. And at the time I was like, you know, is that even possible? And right. obviously, you know, surrounding, surrounding myself with people that are way smarter than me, they said, yes, that is possible. We just need to figure out how to do it. So the next three months were just dedicated to figuring out what that processing method is, what the packaging requirements are on that, well, how is that going to implicate, you know, every other piece of the, you know, logistics in the business, the shipping methods, the, um, you know, the, the ingredients that are capable of going in it, the design of the packaging, all of those things. And, you know, we, we ultimately landed on, you know, our, our, our current product right now, which has been, um, probably the coolest thing that, that we've seen to date of just really, you know, the vision kind of coming coming to light and, and things really, you know, the, the dream kind of unfolding before our sure. team's eyes. So that's awesome. Um, and I love that. It's just cool to hear how it's coming together for you guys. And so you, you mentioned direct to consumer. So how's that going? And then what about retail? What does that look like for you guys? How are you thinking about it? So we, we kind of went into the entire process, um, realizing that we wanted to go to direct to consumer from, from day one. And, um, I got a lot of eye rolls from a lot of people <laughs> in manufacturing at the time. Got it. And, um, you know, what they told us was like, you know, like th- I, I got things that said to me, like 95% of, you know, the food that's manufactured right. and, you know, all of these spaces is, is sold in supermarkets and pet stores and all of these things. And, you know, what I, what I was noticing is that every time I would go into a pet store is I would typically be one or two of the only people in there. Right. Um, and a lot of <laughs> times the other empty. a yeah. lot of times the other person was a person behind you know the cash register. Right. And then half of the time there wasn't even a person behind the cash register. So <laughs> I and, and I'm sure <laughs> so you're from you know, being a being a pet owner yeah. for a long time. You go into the pet store and yeah. what do you see? You see a hundred different brands. You yes. see a hundred different kinds of food and it's so overwhelming that you ultimately just make your purchasing um, decision. Price. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like or what? Like, oh, a, I know that com- brand. Yeah, a, exactly. exactly. Yep. A combination of, of price and like brand recognition. And, totally. you know, it's it, because what are you going to do? You're going to pick up every single pet food on the shelf and compare it no, to the other one. No, it's too expensive like, anyways. I mean, you start yeah, eventually, eventually just get so frustrated. You're like, all right, this is the one. You know, this right. is what I'm doing. So we we realized that, you know, you don't you don't get to have the communication with your customer if you're selling in retail, right? Um, you don't even know who your customer is that's buying the food because your that's customer right. realistically is the is the retailer Retailers, that's selling exactly. it. So, yep. so we wanted to, you know, we wanted to have a um, an opportunity to communicate with our customers to develop that relationship and to learn about them and their dog and really, you know, do things for the for the long term for both of them and. 
you know, right after I was getting all those eye rolls, you know, a couple months later, uh, a global pandemic hit. So, right, of course. Um, Perfect. What, We're selling yeah, direct to consumers. Ideal. <laughs> what What happened, you know, during that time frame was obviously people were, you know, really looking for, um, you know, basically ways to order food that they could get totally. it in, you know, the most convenient way and, and as easy as possible. And, you know, what makes the most sense? So all of those things kind of, you know, um, you know, worked, worked in, I guess, like in our favor of, um, of accelerating the trend of consumers going into the, the e-commerce direct to consumer basis. But really what it was, was it, it, we just want to make sure that dogs are getting the correct amount of food that they need because the, the old, you know, throw a scooper in the bag and like, you know, give your dog two scoops of this. It it doesn't be, you, right. Your dog has a specific activity level. It has a specific current uh, current weight, sure. um, uh, an ideal weight, right? Like allergies, things like that. Of, uh, it, and all of these things kind of go into an algorithm that say, this is how much your dog actually should be eating per day. And right. if you're if you're overfeeding or underfeeding, even you know five percent per day over the course of three months, you're going to see a drastic difference in what your dog is is feeling and and acting and all of these things. And, you know, I, I think the number is like 60% of, do- of adult dogs are overweight or obese. And, it, you know, just like humans, it's the number one cause of, um, of death is heart disease. And the sure. number one cause of heart disease is being overweight. So it kind of all comes back to those just main points of making sure that the dog is eating the correct amount of quality ingredients. And that, you know, the whole thing with, uh, um, you know, one human year is, is equivalent to seven dog years or whatever that is. I know they said sure. like, you know, that changes and all that, all that stuff, but, but what is, how long, you know, could we really have these dogs that are our best friends, our children, parts of our family, um, live if we, if we feed them good food from early on in their lives, you right. know, that, and that's the thing that we really want to educate the customer on is, is, is we want to give you more years with the animal that you love the most. Right. And, you know, we promise that we are doing everything, you know, in our capability to, to do that for you. Sure. Wow. I love that. Um, well, I mean, you've, you've definitely um, navigated the whole, you know, from idea to actually having product and, and saleable product. What would be two or three of the biggest lessons learned you'd share with our audience from the experience you've had thus far, knowing you got a, a lot in front of you, but like, what would be some of the, your advice you'd offer to others? Yeah. I mean, um, it's a, it, that's a, it's a great question because I think every day when you're trying to start something like this, it, every day, it should be a learning experience. And I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things for me is that we never really got tunnel vision of what we were looking to build. And, and by tunnel vision, I mean like where we weren't, um, thinking about the customer, uh, which is the dog and the, right. the person who's feeding the dog, which is probably ordering the food, unless this dog knows how to, you know, use, use the internet. Right. And, and 
the, the whole idea was that we want to continuously communicate with people that could be our customers. So for us, it was really easy because you could just walk down the street and, you know, if there's a leash attached to somebody's wrist, they're likely a, a potential customer. So sure. it was always talking to as many people as possible to get their level of, you know, thoughts on, on certain things about food and, you know, what they were thinking and what have they been through. So, you know, I would say that that's, that's been something that I, we really took to heart was just continuously talking to, to customers through the entire process, regardless of what, you know, avenue we were taking our research and development process. Um, the, the other one I think is, is a, is a good one too, because it's something I didn't know in the, in the very beginning of, of you don't need a ton of capital to get something going. Sure, um, absolutely. What, what you need is, is a, is a clear vision of, of where you want to take things, but don't necessarily be married to that vision in the beginning because it can change the, depending on, you know, what you learn and what the customer is telling you. Cause the customer ultimately, you know, defines what the, what the company is going to be a success or failure. So it's really like you can get momentum and you can you can bring on really smart people just by having you know the passion and excitement and and the and the the idea to change the um a, a, the traditional um, vertical that you are kind of going after sure and you don't need you know a hundred thousand you don't need five hundred thousand or a million dollars and you don't need to raise all of this money to start a business you need just kind of like um, the, the willingness to, to persevere through the, the, the lows that come with, with entrepreneurship and you can really, you know, build a business in the early stages. And then, you know, maybe the capital comes at that point. Got it. Love that. That's great advice. And I think, yeah, some people think they got to go raise a lot of money to get going and just get an initial product right together and get it moving and then, and learn from it. Yeah. That's it, it's exactly right. And, you know, maybe the third thing then would be to know that um, everything is negotiable. So right. whatever, <laughs> whatever someone tells you or whatever, you know, uh, um, a term sheet or purchase terms that kind of like get put on the on the table or sent through email from the, the first step. It's not necessarily where their endpoint is. So, right. um, you know, I've been telling people that are starting businesses right now that, um, you know, even if you make an ask or somebody is making an ask of you that it doesn't necessarily mean that that's where, where it needs to end up, but maybe it's the start of the relationship and it's developing that relationship over time to, you know, build credibility and trust with people before, um, you know, you make, you make, uh, extreme asks of them individually. Totally. Love that. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy the product, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, the happy com. you can, you know, you can just go to Google and type in happy Hal. It will be the first thing yep, that comes it up. It comes right up. <laughs> um, our, uh, our, our three recipes that we, we currently have, um, are all customizable based upon your, you know, your dog specific caloric needs That's so and cool. everything, you know, everything ships free. We do it on a subscription basis. You can cancel at any time. You can switch the recipe at any time, all of those things. So we, you know, it's, it's really important to us to make sure that the, the customer is happy with that. Um, the, the other thing, you know, what I would tell the, the listeners is that if you guys are, you know, have, have rescued a dog from a specific rescue or you, you know, maybe you foster dogs from a rescue or volunteer at a rescue or just know of rescues that are doing good. Um, we have a, a, a place on our, 
website. It's our partners page where you can go and, and nominate a rescue. And that is basically where our, our core ethos of our company resides of uh, working with rescues that are doing good, supporting them as much as possible, and really like getting the word out for what their causes are, what their needs are, and, and really kind of building our, our impact through that, through just working with these incredible people that are helping dogs that, you know, if these people didn't exist, then I, I read that 1800 dogs are euthanized in the U S oh per God. day, I hate per hearing day, that. 1800 dogs. So, you know, what our mission is apart from making the healthiest food to get dogs as, as healthy as possible, we want to help all of these dogs that aren't able to help themselves. And we realize that the best way to do that would be to support the people who are already making it their life work to do that. So, um, it's probably the, 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 the thing we are most proud of as a company uh, is developing relationships with these rescues that are doing amazing work in the world. Um, and it really keeps us going and inspired and, you know, knowing that um, it, there's so much opportunity to help dogs and, and the people that, that love them the most. And we want to really just fulfill that dream and, and make, it, make it our passion and our life's work to do that. Got it. I love that, man. That's so great. And that's so great. It's focused on a cause. Well, hey, I am so uh, thankful that you were here with us today, Colin. I loved hearing about Happy Howl. I mean, so much in front of you in terms of product and growth potential. I hope you'll come back on and share more stories with us down the road. Oh yeah, it would be awesome. It's impossible to to hit on everything in in, uh, in a half know, hour. 30, right. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's always more to talk about. But um, you know, thanks for having me. It was it was uh, great to talk to you. I love the fact um, you know you got you got your rescue dog yourself. I know three of them. Yeah, <laughs> there crazy. you go. Well, there you yeah. go. If you know uh, one of, you know one of these rescues, I'd love to uh, to hear hear totally. where you, you know you you've rescued your dogs from. But Absolutely. thanks again. It was uh, it was great. It was great talking to you. Thanks, man. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.